You're listening to the Traffic and Conversion Show. I'm your host, Michelle Fernandez. And have you ever wondered what you're supposed to be tracking during a launch? Or maybe you're tracking, however, you don't really know what to do with all the information in order to optimize and scale your next launch? Well, as always, I got your back. Today is all about your launch debrief. So go grab a pen and a paper because you are going to want to take notes on this one. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Traffic and Conversion Show, where it's all about helping online entrepreneurs amplify their content, build their influence, and convert their leads into sales to grow a profitable business and life they absolutely love. Now, let's get this party started. Welcome back to the show. I am just loving and so very grateful for all the reviews that you're leaving on the podcast. CL Gardner One says, so helpful. All the tips are so helpful, and I've been able to refine some of the funnel processes from this podcast. I am so happy that you have found this podcast valuable and even more excited that you are taking action. Thanks so much for taking the time to leave a review, CL Gardner One. Let me know how your funnel tweaks have turned out. All right, well, today is all about the launch debrief, one of my favorite parts of the launch process. Maybe because the launch is over, just kidding. Well, kind of not really, but more importantly, because all of the questions and the what ifs are answered. Before the launch, there's all these thoughts and questions like, did I price this right? What is a good cost per lead? Will people buy, right? Probably a ton more, but here's the thing. You won't know any of these answers until you just do it, right? Until you take that leap. Now, if you've been on the fence about actually launching, and overthinking and overthinking and thinking again. And I only say that because I could totally relate because I am a recovering overthinker. I highly encourage you to jump because the net will appear, right? So whether it's your first or 20th time launching, the marketing, the market is always changing. More and more new people are coming into the market. There are more marketers competing for the same audiences. So there's always some sort of testing and tweaking going on to improve, optimize, and scale the entire launch process. I'm talking from ads to your launch vehicle, to your pitch, to your email sequences, all the way through to the customer transformation. Now, I actually enjoy reviewing every single step because it allows me to see the entire picture and identify any gaps to fill them in in order to optimize and scale. Now, before any launch, I highly recommend that you detach your emotion from the outcome. Now, the beauty of tracking the data is that the data is factual. It's nothing but facts. And you will be able to see what is or what is not. Now, do your best to not make any of the data mean anything, right? I'm talking meaning that you're not good enough, that you're not meant to do this, or whatever else the mean girl sitting on your shoulder is screaming in your ear. Just a reminder that nothing has meaning but the meaning that you give it. All right, you should definitely know what your goals are before going into any launch, All right, so you need to map things out. What is the total revenue you want generated? How many customers does that equate to? So therefore, how many leads do you need and what is your ad spend? Those are usually the top goals that we go for. You know, how many sales do you want, right? That's like the biggest thing. Now, most people think the launch debrief is basically how many leads did I get? What was the cost per lead and how many sales did I make? And I'm here to say that there is so much more to a launch debrief 
things to be tracking before, during, and after a launch. So let's dive in. All right, so you should be tracking before the launch or the number of leads coming in. So are you, on, are you hitting the goal that you set for the number of leads you need? So you might be saying, well, how do I know how many leads do I need? So you want to reverse engineer. So if you have your revenue goal at a certain amount, that would equate to a certain number of clients, right? So then you would go off, okay, if I have so many clients, what would that conversion I would need in order to get the clients? Because we all know that 100 people that sign up, all 100 people are not going to buy, right? Even 100 people that see your landing page may not even opt in. So we really have to reverse engineer this. And if you've never launched a specific product before, or you've never done it before, period, then you want to be looking at uh, very conservative. So either a half a percent conversion or a 1% conversion. I've even seen people do 2% conversion. So depending on how conservative you want to be, you would just reverse engineer from your total revenue goal. Then you want to also be monitoring how much you're spending on your ads. You want to make sure, are you on budget? Are you like way off budget? Are you over budget? You want to keep track of that. So I always recommend that anytime that you go into a launch, you should have a launch tracker. It should be tracking how your ads are doing. And these are the things that you should be tracking. Okay. The next thing is where are your leads coming from? And the reason why I say this is because some people do, and I always suggest to do a combination of organic and paid marketing strategies. So obviously, if you're paid marketing strategy, that's where you're putting the bulk of your things are, then you should be good with that and just have one particular funnel. However, if your organic marketing strategy is like strong, <laughs> you have like a major plan in place. Um, like, and when I say this, it would be like, do you have a large engaged following? Or are you doing anything to get exposure from other people? Like, are you doing podcast interviews or Facebook lives or any kind of joint venture or affiliates? Or maybe you just have a lot of traffic going to your website. If that is the case, I always recommend having two different funnels or possibly multiple funnels, right? Depending on what you're doing. Same thing with paid traffic. If you're running Google ads, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, those should be three separate funnels. So you know um, basically where the leads are coming from so you also know where to focus your time, your energy, and your marketing budget, right? Do you need to adjust your paid traffic budget accordingly? Now, if you're just posting a story or two and you post organically, depending on the size of your following, it may be okay to keep just one funnel because the majority of the leads will be coming from your paid traffic. I have clients that are running six-figure launches every month. And we just started making a couple different funnels because they're really focusing on improving their organic strategy. Whereas before, yes, we would get some leads organically. However, it was like maybe one to 2% of the leads came from organic, uh, organic traffic. So we just put it all in there. All right. So the next thing you need to be tracking on the daily is your landing page conversion. So how many people are clicking through whether it be from the ad or organic versus opting in or buying. And we're looking at that. That benchmark should be anywhere between 20 and 30%. I like to do 30% or higher because you want to get as many people. That's where you're going to be really diving in to see like, what is my messaging say? What is my headline saying on that landing page? And how can I make it even more compelling, even more curiosity to get that person to opt in? 
if you're going to be doing some sort of a paid challenge or a paid workshop with a bump or an upsell, you want to track those sales conversions, right? As well as keeping track of what your average cart value is. And we'll dive into what that would all look like after the launch. Okay. Now during the launch, Every day you should be meeting with your team and take note of every single detail. Now, if you're doing a boot camp or some sort of event like a live launch series or something like that, you should definitely be tracking how many people signed up. And if you have a pop-up Facebook group, how many actually joined that Facebook group? Because you're going to be wanting to keep track of that to identify how might you get more people to join that Facebook group because that's where it's all going down, right? That's where they're going to be getting all the content. That's where you're going to be engaging. So you want as many of those leads to come into the Facebook group. And then how many people show up live? So how many people you should keep count of what's the highest show up rate on there. You'll be able to see if you're doing it in a group, you'll be able to see the live. If you're doing it on Zoom, you'll be able to capture that. How many people are showing up every single time? And then your engagement not only on your live part, but as well as the posts in the group. So what kind of content are you putting out that is asking for engagement? Um, which ones worked, which ones don't, right? Or did something come up that you can possibly add and test? Now, if you're doing a webinar, you definitely should be tracking how many, how many people signed up and showed up, right? That obviously is you would increase or look to, to tweak the like before event email sequence, right? You want to see like, how do you get more people to actually show up? And then you want to look at where are they dropping off in the webinar? And I will say this, when you're doing a webinar or anything live, it's super duper distracting to be looking at these numbers. Okay. Most webinar things like easy webinar, um, Demio, things like that will give you a little graph that will show you where people are falling off after. Don't look at it while you're doing it like that. You be focused, showing up with all this energy and delivering your content. If you want to have somebody else on your team, or if you don't have a team, ask your mom or your sisters or your husband to show up and watch these things for you. Okay. Don't let it be distracting. Then you also want to take note of maybe what you want to change in the content. Maybe as you're delivering the content, you're like, mm, that seemed kind of out of order or that seemed kind of funky. I think I can, if I said it this way, people would understand it more, right? Maybe there's ideas that you came up with for the future or even people who are commenting, like what comments are they making? This is the time to gather that data for you to be that detective and look at the data for you to either provide more content, whether it be during your launch or on your runway. Maybe it's content from your course. Maybe it's even in your messaging. I'm talking everything. Just note it all down. Have one designated place for you to make all these notes. The pitch. <sighs> The pitch is always like, oh, I hate the pitch, right? I mean, that's most what people say. I've come to actually somewhat enjoy the pitch. I, I, I think I just talked myself into actually making it enjoyable than not because that just feels so much better. However, it is awkward, right? A lot of that's what a lot of people feel like the pitch is awkward. So you should be looking at like, what is the flow? What is the flow like? Where are people dropping off? Again, do not be looking at that count while you're on a webinar or while you're live and see the people fall. Don't even look at that number. Look at it after. I want you to be looking at, are you doing objection busters? Are you hitting on those things? Not just during the pitch, 
but throughout, throughout the thing. So if you notice people are falling off when you're talking about something, you'll be like, okay, how might I bust that objection to make them stay on? What might I do in the five days that led up to this pitch or the four days or the webinar, whatever, that I can throw in and seed and bust some objections along the way? And are you providing enough testimonials to bust these objections, right? Because the three biggest objections are what? Money, time, and can I do this? So can you be like kind of sprinkling them in throughout? And then sometimes even there's just a slight change of words that you're using that will actually compel the person to make a buying decision. So really monitor that. Now, after the launch, this is where it all comes down. We need to give yourself an hour, maybe two, depending on the size of your launch and how well you were tracking along the way and before. So in the runway, how far in advance did you start to see what was coming, right? Did you create that curiosity? Did you talk about the what it is or the why they need something? And then now you're going to be offering a solution on your webinar or in the boot camp. okay? How far in advance did you start promoting So I always say for any event that you should be promoting anywhere between seven to 10 days. So did you do that or or did you be like, okay, my thing starts Monday and I'm going to start ads Friday. Like that will just not work for you. Okay. Um, Okay. Organic, which posts and stories worked best? Which ones got the most engagement? If you were on a podcast as a guest speaker or like a bonus in somebody's course, Track to see how many leads that you got from there so you know whether that is a viable exposure agent or not, right? And possibly even go back to that person and say, hey, can I speak in front of your group again? And maybe you talk about something else, just something else to kind of stay top of mind for those people. And I will say this, it's not all about you, right? You don't always want to ask, you want to also give. So what else could you do for their community? Because clearly you all are complimentary in some way, shape or form, and you have some something of value to provide for their audience. When it comes to your ads, you definitely want to be looking at all your metrics, right? Um, and the cost per lead, the CTR link click-through rate, that landing page conversion, how many links you got, which ads perform the best and which audiences perform the best. And when I talk about the cost per lead, the cost per lead is something that people are very sensitive to in the fact that you're like, okay, well, I think I should get a dollar a lead, right? Or 50 cents a lead, like who would love that, right? I want you to look at things in a little bit more perspective. If you have a 6,000, a 10,000, a $20,000 course or group coaching or some sort of offer, if I told you I could get you a lead for a hundred bucks, heck, even 200 bucks, would that be something that you would say, well, geez, for 200 bucks or a hundred bucks and I can get a $6,000 client? Heck yeah, you would probably say that all day long, okay? And I will tell you that a lot of times that sometimes The cost per lead at a higher cost per lead is a more qualified buyer, right? And especially a pay in full buyer. That's what we've been seeing a lot too. So don't just let that cost per lead kind of fool you, if you will, or get hung up on what that number is. Obviously, if your program is $50 and you had a $100 cost per lead, then you would say, okay, now I'm just way over budget and this is not working, okay? All right, your funnel. Going back to what is that landing page conversion? 
what are those you, you know unique clicks and how many people opt in or sold? So if you're doing a self-liquidating offer, what is a self-liquidating offer? That is basically something that you're doing of a very low ticket price that is offsetting your mar marketing budget. So the idea is, is that if your leads are costing $7, $10, you have a product that you're selling for seven or, or $17, 27, 47, I'm sure you've seen them. That's going to offset your marketing dollars. So what was the conversion at each step of the funnel? Are they below, at, or exceeding the benchmark for each one, right? So we're talking about your initial one, right? Because the idea of the, the self-liquidating offer is to actually pay for your leads. So that initial one should be the one paying. Then you're going to have your bump. So what is that conversion? And then you're going to have your upsell. What is that conversion? So at each level, you're going to be looking, well, how might I improve that sales conversion so I can get more? Because what you ultimately want to be looking at is your average cart value. So how much is one buyer coming and spending in that one funnel? That's what your average cart value is and what you're going to be looking for. Okay. Because from there, you'll be able to see, well, is my cost per lead good or not? Because if it's more than your average cart value, then it's not. But if, it, if it's equal or less, then it's good. Okay. Also, what was the total revenue from the funnel? What did that look like? And then that's where you calculate what your net revenue is. So what you're talking about is the total, whatever the total, whatever revenue, total revenue the funnel generated, you subtract your ad spend. And then that would give you your net ad spend. So you can see, okay, did I lose money? Did I break even? Or was I profitable? And if you're doing this at the beginning of a launch where you're doing it for your book, your boot camp it's okay to actually lose money because you're still saving money, if that makes sense, because you're still generating money from that revenue to offset what that ad budget is. So you're not always looking at it to be profitable. Okay, emails. I am talking individual emails. So every single email that goes out in your entire campaign, I'm talking whether it be the before the event sequence, the during the event sequence, the sales sequence, you need to be looking at your open rate, your click-through rate, and your unsubscribes. So are the people even opening your emails? Do you need to tweak those subject lines? Do you need to put a little emoji in the subject line? Something that's compelling for them to open. Then are they actually clicking on any links you have in that email? And then the unsubscribes. Are people are like, all right, I'm over. How do I get the least subscription, unsubscribes as possible? I will tell you that I did struggle with this at the beginning because I'm like, dang, I paid for those leads and now they're unsubscribing. It's okay. It's okay if somebody gets in and they're like, eh, this chick is not who I thought she was or not what I thought it was going to be. It's okay. You know, you want the people that do want to hang out with you and learn from you. Now, if you're also using text messages, you need to track the same things as well. All right. Now the sales. This is where it gets fun because we're all about the Benjamins, right? So you want to be tracking the number of sales and then the sales conversion rate. So when you calculate this, I want to make sure this is where now you're going to go back to the next launch and how you set up your goals to figure out how many leads you need, right? So you're going to take the total leads by the total number of sales to get your sales conversion rate. Don't mistake it by saying, okay, well, I had 100 leads, but only 75 or 50 ended up in the Facebook group. So I'm gonna count that sales conversion rate 
by only the number of people that ended up in the pop-up Facebook group or only the ones who showed up live for my webinar. Do not do that because you're not going to, that's not going to be an accurate number. You're not giving yourself um, a fair share because next time you're not going to know what that percentage is that's going to get in the group or show up, right? Always go by the total number of leads that you got. Now, if you have a sales team or a social seller, you might hear it. Break down per team member the total number of leads, how many calls they booked, and where um, and what conversion of sale came from those calls that were booked. So you can be judging them, um, not judging them, but you can be evaluating like, okay, these were how our leads were divided. And you book so many calls, so how might you book more calls with the leads, right? And then how might you close more sales from each call, right? So it's very important to break this down. And a lot of people, you want to present this, especially when you're dealing with a team, is you're not really doing this to judge them. It's always looking for improvement, okay? Then obviously you want to track your total revenue and break it down by how many uh, were paying full and how many had a payment plan, Break it down even more by saying, okay, what was my cash on hand versus my potential cash? So what do I mean by that? Cash on hand is the, all the painfuls and the first payment of the payment plans. That's going to be your cash on hand. Like literally cart closed today. This is how much money I have in my Stripe account, right? Or is going to be deposited into my bank account. Potential cash is the remaining of the payment plans. Okay. So then we, you know, because we all know that not all people make all their payment plans. There could be some defaults in those payments. That's why I say potential cash. Now, from this information, you can determine um, what your net revenue is for both cash on hand and the potential cash. So for the cash on hand, you would take the total cash on hand, subtract out any commissions or affiliate fees that you paid out, right? Because Technically, that's not yours, right? These are now the expenses that are coming from the launch. No, it's not your cost for, you know, um, easy webinar or demio or your CRM. You're not taking out all those expenses because that's the cost of doing business. And that's basically what you're generating revenue for. You're going to be taking out your commission and affiliate fees. And then you're going to subtract the total net ad spend. So, if you had a self-liquidating offer or if you even if you just did a paid webinar, which technically you're offsetting your budget by having it be a paid webinar, then that would be your net ad spend. OK, so it's the revenue generated from the funnel minus the ad spend that will give you the net revenue for cash on hand. Then for potential cash, you'll take the potential cash mining any future commission or affiliate payouts, and that will equal the net revenue for potential cash, okay? You don't have to do the ad spend there because you already took it out on the cash on hand, okay? And then the most important metric to run is the earnings per lead. And you calculate this by the total gross revenue, so cash on hand plus all the payment plan, right? All the potential cash, you want to put it all together into one divided by the total number of leads. And this will give you your earning per lead. You obviously want this to be higher as possible, right? Do you see how tracking every detail will allow you to see where the gaps are? Wherever you're following short um, of the benchmark, you'll know exactly where to tweak so you can move prospects further along in your funnel, right? How are you doing? I know this is a lot, but so worth it. 
So just think beginning to end in your entire marketing funnel and through the completion of the course. So this is something that I also like to add in after. It's obviously not part of the launch. However, it should be part of things that you are tracking. And I'm talking about especially the completion rates, right? If customers are not making it through to the end of your course, like where are they dropping off? And what might you do to support them or help them get through it? Because the idea is for them to have that transformation. Because remember, the sale doesn't stop in the transaction. It ends in the transformation, right? So how are they impacting others through what they have learned from you? How can they be a testimonial for you? So that should definitely be something that you should be tracking after. Now, after you gather and you review all the data, I want you to ask yourself three questions. What worked? What didn't? And what might you do different next time? By putting, if, you, if you've noticed just those three questions that I asked and all the things that we just went through, which you'll probably have to go back and listen to again because I know I was talking fast, you can put everything into one of those three buckets. And then that will help you put a plan in place for you to optimize and scale your next launch. I am so excited for you and your next launch. You are amazing. You totally got this. I am so excited for you and cheers to your next launch debrief. I hope you enjoyed the show and until next time, happy marketing. There's never been a more crowded market in the online world and every day you are constantly fighting the masses for attention of your ideal client. And we all know that in order to have a successful business is by keeping a steady flow of new leads and sales. And in order to get that, you need a steady flow of new followers to be able to build new relationships and make connections. Getting a steady flow of new followers in such a crowded market is easier than you think. I've created a simple strategy that will help you cut through the noise and connect with your ideal clients quickly and effectively so they will want to work with you. It's all about connecting and converting new leads in 45 seconds and turning those eternal scrollers into paying clients in just 45 seconds. Whether you're still growing organically or ready to pour some money into paid advertising, this simple strategy will bring in new leads who are warmed up and ready to hand over their cash. If you're tired of wasting time and money on trying to stand out, then you're going to want to grab my guide at themichellefernandez.com forward slash four five to help you stand out from the crowd so you can scale with ease. wait before you go you know there has got to be a better way to get more sales and be more profitable one that is predictable and scalable but it's hard to know where to turn when you feel like you've tried it all and are not even sure you trust your own judgment anymore well as always i got you i made a hundred percent free video training that covers it all including why rinse and repeating is causing you to go broke. More leads is not the only way to scale. And the one thing that's preventing your leads from converting into a sale. Let's get off the leads and roller coaster once and for all. Sign up and save your seat for my free live training and start taking control of your business growth today. Go to themichellefernandez.com forward slash training and save your seat now. And I will see you live inside the training.